Hey, it's Sunny Days. I am the co-host and co-creator of Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. Listen, I am a podcast her, okay, H-E-R, an activist, a thought leader, pin pusher, and lover of poodles. And I'm Lisa Davis, MPH. I am a lover of social justice, healthy living, dogs, and I love being the co-host and co-creator of Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. Now is the time for honest, unfiltered conversations, for authentic voices and their stories, and for connection. Join us as we confront the moment head on with this podcast. It is passionate. It is real as lives behind the headlines. Active allyship, it's more than a hashtag. And listen, it goes beyond the likes, the retweets, and the hashtags, making space for the vital dialogue necessary for racial justice. And now, on to the show. And I'm Sunny Days. Woohoo! Together again. I know. I missed you. I missed you. I missed you. I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> oh, ditto, ditto, ditto. By the way, you're listening to Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. Back together again. We should write a new theme song. So there's been a lot going on, and Sunny and I are going to be doing uh, a, a, probably a few episodes devoted to uh, Did You Hear? Oh, sorry. Did you know? <laughs> Did you I still messed that up. <laughs> Uh, but we, I noticed we have a lot of new listeners and we're super excited. Thank you. And we're getting to get back uh, to our original format. And uh, I'm just super excited to have the wonderful Robert Allen join us. He is a mental health professional. Oh, by the way, we're going to be talking about how important self-care is. Growth coach and author with multiple advanced degrees in the areas of business, counseling, education, divinity, healthcare, and leadership. With over 20 years of experience in both the public and private sector, Robert has served in various industries from education, military, law enforcement, business, mental health, and ministry. He is a founder and CEO of New Dimensions consulting services, a company that specializes in helping businesses, entrepreneurs, and everyday people maximize their talents and leadership by engaging through innovative mental health initiatives, trainings, and retreats. And his book, Self-Care, Let's Start the Conversation, is a refreshing conversation on healthy self-care concepts and practices that not only exposes a myth, but also provides sound, concise principles and guidance for those seeking effective strategies for retreating, reflecting, replenishing, and restoring little hint those are the four r's which we're going to get into more <laughs> themselves at every level of their lives robert allen welcome to active allyships more than hashtag Whew, i can breathe I know. welcome <laughs> thank you for having me so glad to be here so glad to be here well i had the honor of having uh, this wonderful man on naturally savvy one of my other podcasts also go listen to talk healthy today as well and we had such a great conversation and i said we need to talk about this from a racial trauma standpoint and i just thought he would be such a great person to do this i, I just love what he does anyway sunny i'm gonna let you take it away i'm so happy you're back to ask the first question i know, I know. by the way I'm everybody so- has loved it everyone's like Oh my God, that's great. I always say that was Sonny's idea. (laughs) So I'll take credit. Thank you. So uh, first, Robert, I'm like, are you like a thousand thousand years old? I mean, like you're you're like the who's who, like that list is just like perpetual. It's just like crazy. So, I mean, you know, congratulations on all of your achievements. Thank you. Thank you. All of them. And so here's the first question. It's the question that we ask every single guest. And the question is, what were you marinated in? 
And if you do, you need me to wow. like wow. put it in context, um, or you got please, it. Please put it in context. I think I know it, but put it in context for me, please. Okay. So when we ask what you were marinated in, basically as a as a kid, what all the juices and flavors and your your parents and your elders, what uh, helped you to become who you are today? <laughs> okay, uh, hard work hard work it was ingrained in me you know you have to work 10 times harder than the next person you know if somebody wakes up at six you got to wake up at five uh you know if someone is naturally gifted in something then you have to put in 10 15 more hours to just be on that level uh so hard work was ingrained in me uh since a young a young man and the fact that you can do anything that you wanted if you worked hard enough Okay. Okay. And so your, your elders, did they set the tone for this or you saw it based on what they did? <laughs> well, no, some of it was don't do as I do, do as I say do. Okay. That I'm clear old, about that. <laughs> that old thing that I can't stand that, uh, that phrase. Uh, but it was a lot of that. Um, but then I had mentors in my life that, um, just developed over time. My godfather was an, uh, instrumental part of who I am today. Uh, my mother, probably one of the hardest working people, um, very instrumental in who I am today. So if, if I had to pick two people, those would be my two people that really pushed me, uh, to who I am today. Now, Robert, I'm wondering, when did you know that you wanted to get into this field where you're counseling and divinity and you're helping people? I didn't want to. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> this is going to sound, this This will probably make your listeners very happy. Uh, when I initially went to school, I wanted to be a sex therapist. Oh, I wanted wow. to be a male version of Dr. Ruth. I just thought, I was just like, if this lady can do it, you know, let me put a little pizzazz on it. Let me bring it from a male point of view. Yes, we can do this. Uh, I remember seeing Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. And I was just like, I want to be that guy. I want to have that lifestyle. And uh, I want to be in marketing and business and make good stuff. I like to create. Uh, in everything that I've done, I've always created. So those were the things that was appealing to me. So I kind of stumbled into a lot of the things. Uh, it was a calling. <laughs> it was a calling. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. And um, <clears throat> I certainly don't want to go off the path, but I had a visual of a scene, a particular scene in Boomerang uh, where the woman left the money on the table. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Robin Gibbons left the money on the yes. table and he pulled the sheets up. was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So let's um, forgive me, but I was just like, oh, my God, that was such a funny scene. So um, if you could just tell us, like, straight from the top, jumping into this, what really is self-care? What does that look like? Well, you know, self-care is different for different people. Um, you know, it's a generic term that's used throughout the mental health field, throughout, you know, the community all together. Uh, people just use it, you know, willy nilly. So for me, I redefine what self-care is uh, in the book. Self-care is whatever you need to fill your cup in your most needful space, which simply means that self-care is progressive. Mm -hmm. Um 
you know, what worked in our teenage years, our middle 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s is going to change quite differently or drastically based on where we are in life, um, based off your needs. So, for instance, someone who is taking care of a loved one or a family member and, you know, they're a primary caregiver, their self-care is going to be quite different than someone who's single, who has no responsibilities. Uh, the workaholic. Uh, self-care is going to be quite different than a family person's uh, uh, self-care. So again, whatever fills your cup in your most needful space, that's what I deem or coin self-care uh, as being. Okay. I have another question. So this last two years? Yes. Two years. So at the top of 2020, and now we're almost into 2022. It just yes. seems like a blur, right? Oh, crazy. Yes. And Lisa and I have talked about self-care. I think we used to really talk a lot about self-care in 2020 because all hell broke loose. You know, mm-hmm. with the murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and countless others. And so having to be tuned in, like have your finger on the pulse because we do the show, which means we have to be connected and understand, you know, what's going on for our listeners that the trauma, the trauma that I felt a lot of trauma. And I was trying to figure out how can I show up for the audience, show up for active allyship, show up for myself and still as best I can manage this continued trauma from the scenes on social media, on the news. So while, you know, in that moment I could do things to help me through that, like what would be your recommendations? I guess that's a long way of saying, but I wanted to give you some background of what would be your recommendations for self-care in a situation like that. Well, what we're talking about is vicarious trauma and then also uh, compounded uh, trauma and or grief. So what does that look like? And then how do we begin to address it? One is having a conversation. That's why I, I titled the book self-care. Let's start the conversation. Uh, the prequel will be self-care. Let's continue the conversation. Uh, sequel, I'm sorry. But what we have to understand is we have to take time to pull ourselves back. You can be immersed. If you watch the news every day, in everything that goes on in the news. I'll give you an example. So I'm a board certified chaplain and I worked at a level one trauma center and we saw the worst of the worst people who tried to die by suicide, blew half their heads off, um, murders, all of these things. Uh, You would just see death and dying on a normal basis. And I remember being fed up. I'm like, you know what? I was on on the elevator ride with the doctor. And we were going down to this. uh, We were both responding to the trauma. Uh, And he said, I just can't anymore. He had a breakdown in the elevator. He was just like, I'm just mad. I'm just angry. You know, no matter what we do as doctors and we save lives, all these people do is go out and just take lives. And, you know, I was in that moment, even as the chaplain, I was just like, yeah, this is our fifth one today. I kind of feel you. (laughs) And so I remember talking to one of my mentors And I was just like, it's just too much death and dying. And he said this, you work at a hospital. That's where people come who are sick. 
is not the whole population, but you get a certain view of, you know, having this be more than others because of where you work. So just even with you uh, doing the show, you have to be immersed to know what's going on. But then also you have to know and put it in perspective. This is not everybody because you're tuned in and dialed into a particular audience that deals with particular situations. It doesn't make it the whole world. And so what I had began to do was put things in perspective. And then I began to pull away for things that take life. You have to do things that also feed life. So it's that balance. Okay, I can see this instead of watching six hours of TV and they're going to repeat themselves over and over again. I'm just going to make myself mad. I got it after the first hour. And so now that five hours, I'm going to take doing something that's filling my cup versus watching the whole six hours of something that's going to continuously pierce my soul. So I I appreciate uh, your response. And I think um, balance, which Lisa and I have also discussed, is is paramount. And I loved the fact that you said, you know, because you are so immersed in things that are, well, taking life, life taking, uh, then you need to also balance that by immersing yourself in things that give life and help, you know, the, the sun shine brighter, if you will. So I do appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, Sunny, what are the things that you do? Like, what have you found that's been helpful for you? Uh, for honestly to hit the yeah. pause button. <laughs> Seriously, I, I yeah. have to hit the pause button. And so I don't want to say full stop, but pause. And then when I pause, because, you know, I, I practice meditation, you know, I do, I like my candles. I like my incense. And a lot of times I will be still, mm-hmm. I'll be still and I will quiet myself and, just allow myself to be another thing that I do. I honestly, I don't really watch TV. So thankfully I wasn't so tuned in and plugged into the news, but you know, I I see a lot on social media. And then when things of course happen, I turn on the news, you know, begrudgingly or read the paper. Uh, But I, I unplug. I, I have to, 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 to save myself to maintain my, the mental integrity, because, you know, even doing the show, I absolutely love it. But what I don't want to do is insert myself from a place where I'm not well, you know what I mean? And because I'm so inundated with grief and trauma that it's a distraction from what we're trying to deliver. And so the best way to manage that is to have balance and to unplug when I need to. Right. Yeah, I agree. I like edibles. (laughs) 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 Totally transparent. (laughs) Well, if I wasn't working, I might like them too. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I wait for times I'm not working. Otherwise, I'd just be, I mean, I'm naturally giggly. Have you already said that word? So it would be a disaster. I'd be like laughing at inappropriate things. People would be like, that's not like you. I'd be like, what? (laughs) So, no. Well, no, I I absolutely agree with you. Um, And so that's why I said self-care is going to be progressive. And for me, it used to be uh, some of the similar things. Um, But then 
as as I grow and things in my life changed, um, I like different stuff now. And I had to challenge and charge myself uh, to push myself to do things that was different. Because also where, where people uh, get burnout, when they even try to practice self-care, they try to do the things that worked for them years ago and, and, and it just doesn't work now. <laughs> you know, you had a, like when I was younger, I couldn't I didn't like vegetables. Now I love vegetables. So something as simple as our taste buds uh, works in our life in our in our life space in our life develop in our uh, in our uh, development. And so uh, I had a chance as long as I lived in Michigan, I had never been to the Upper Peninsula. And so I'm on this thing now, especially after writing the book. The book was very sobering to me. Uh, and, and ministered to me, I had to go back and reread it. It was like, wow, I wrote that. That's a good. Right, yeah, <laughs> but now I have to continue to practice it. And so <laughs> I'm on this thing where I say, you have to live life. Truly live life. I'm not going to live in a I shoulda, woulda, coulda. I'm not going to do that to myself anymore. I'm not going to keep kicking a can down the road in terms of enjoying things or feeling guilty about it because, you know, you have other responsibilities, be it uh, spouse, children, uh, friends, and or family, and work. I remember seeing a commercial. I, I laugh every time I think about it. I can't remember what kind of commercial it was, but it was a lady that was driving a car, and the engine jumped out of the car and went to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the what the commercial really conveyed was... Um, you have been wearing me down. You have not taken me for a tune-up. You have not taken me to get maintenance. So the engine hopped out of the car and went into a shop to to, to get maintenance. Clear. <laughs> and that. so I look at so many people who have, you know, 240 vacation hours. Well, why haven't you taken them? Well, <laughs> but, but then they'll say I'm stressed. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, or I don't, I don't know when it's going to be a good time. We have to begin to make the time. Yeah. And I, uh, prior to COVID, it, I think it was a running joke with my friends. It's like, okay, well, where's Sunny going to be next? You know, let's just throw a, a dart on the map because I really, like, I believe in living my life to the absolute fullest. No regrets. No regrets. I mean, we're here to live. And so I live an authentic life. Now, COVID, that's a whole different story. So things have, you know, have mm, have changed tremendously yes. in terms of my travel, but I still do believe in self-care. But that is definitely one of the ways that I would indulge in self-care. Yeah, you know, it's interesting with COVID too. I think for some people, maybe some of their self-care has changed. Like maybe it was, I mean, I think it's easier now depending on, you know, if they're wearing a mask or you're wearing a mask or vaccinations or whatever your choice is, but like getting a massage or I used to love getting a facial and I know those things take money, but it depends if that was like your thing that you did when you couldn't do them, you know, you have to try to find something else. So I would get some face masks at home and I would put a pot of water on the stove and I would, you know, steam my face and my hair back, put on some music and do my own at-home facial. Like, it's not exactly the same, but it was still fun. And it still took, it kept me mindful and in the moment, I wasn't thinking about a million other things. So, you know, kind of having that flexibility around the things you like to do. 
Well, I'm glad you said that, Lisa. I think um, COVID has been an absolutely terrible experience uh, worldwide, just not absolutely. a U.S. thing, but worldwide. Um, but I heard someone tell me one time, and I thought it was the craziest thing. They said it could be the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. I was just like, that makes sense. But it absolutely does. Um, I think what COVID has shown us is sometimes we have to pivot. You know, and and while COVID as as devastating as it is, I think some positives that came out of it it made people or challenged people to think differently and do things differently. Uh, we see the workforce moving very differently now, work from home, uh, uh, and we see that. How can I say this? Uh, some of the things again that we used to do that we can't do, now we have to figure out how to do them differently. And that pertains to how we care for ourselves. Um, for me and my family, uh, I taught my kids how to play 500 gen rummy. Mm -hmm. We started playing a lot of card games and uh, doing more activities, uh, playing uh, two square <laughs> outside <laughs> in the front. So a lot of things that we took for granted that I used to do in my childhood. Now my children uh, are beginning to, oh, this is good. Dad, uh, can we play another game of, of 500? Well, we could have been playing Jim Rummy all along, but they were playing their gadgets and uh, I was off at work and we were doing all these different things. But now um, we're able to commune better. Um, I know people... Uh, because I'm also a therapist in Las Vegas, licensed in Las Vegas, um, couples breaking under stress. They mm -hmm. never spent this amount of time with each other. You know, work served as a buffer for them to miss each other. So now that they see each other all day, they're like, I don't know if I can make it. And so working with couples, like, what can you do now that's different? Challenging them to say, hey, when was the last time you went on a hike? When was the last time you just walked in a park and held hands because you can't do a lot with COVID because everything is closed. And so they began to redefine and redevelop things that brought passion into their relationships. And so when things be began to go back to normal, now you have more tools in your toolbox for your relationship. It doesn't have to always be going to a show. Now we can enjoy taking a nice hike together and looking at the sunrise or sunset. Oh, I love that. It's funny. My daughter, uh, we were playing a lot of sorry and aggravation. So she <laughs> combined them and made sorryvation. So you would take a turn on the sorry and then you take a turn on the aggravation and then you'd go back and forth. <laughs> I never want to see any of those games ever again. No, I'm I sorry, love it. Sort of I joking, love it. It was fun. <laughs> it's like, come on, mom, let's play sorryvation. I was like, oh, God, I can't do that. You're like, again? Again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want. I mentioned in the uh, intro when I mentioned those four R's. Why don't you tell us a little bit about those? Oh, absolutely. So uh, the book is built around four uh, pillars, and I call them the four R's. The first R is to retreat. Simply, uh, uh, Sonny, as we were talking about four, to take a step back, remove yourself from whatever the stimulus is, to retreat. Um, and I think that's something that we're that we don't do very well. You know, we want to have one foot in and one foot out, do the hokey pokey and turn ourselves about. I had to, I had to finish it. <laughs> you have to. But, but we, we like to have one foot in the fire and one foot out. And we don't 
truly just get away. So to retreat, to remove yourself from whatever uh, the stimulus is, and then you go into a part where you can reflect. When you really got away, then you can begin to see what works well. You know, what what worked well? What would I like to adjust? What would I like to revise? What just doesn't serve me anymore? <laughs> you know, what do I think d- does? You can reflect. And again, across you know the world, um, even myself, I had the hardest time reflecting. Because my mind, I'm I'm atypical. I'm one of those things. I'm a planner. I like I'm a fixer. I love to do all these things. So just getting my mind to stop, I have to get away. And I have to allow myself that time to say, hey, you know what? I don't even need to do this anymore. <laughs> and then to replenish, what really fills your cup? Who fills your cup? As I've said uh previously, you know, some people are are energy zappers. Right. You know, they could be your best friend, but they zap you of your energy. So being aware of what fills your cup, what places fill your cup, who fills your cup, how most importantly, how do you fill your own cup? You know, what are you doing for you? So acknowledging those things that replenish you. And then lastly, the uh, restore portion, bringing back to a new status. Moving forward in a newness after you have truly retreated, took yourself away from, reflected what went well, what changes need to be made, replenish what filled your cup. Now you can move forward unaggravated, unirritated, and unfrustrated. (laughs) Sounds good. So those are the four R's. Well, I think a lot of us, at least I know I have people in my life who kind of do both. Like I have a very close friend who drains me, but also replenishes me, right? So there's like this balance. And I think that's where you have to have boundaries, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's say, just what I was going to say. Boundaries. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. Chapter, I think it's chapter four in the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but setting boundaries, the power of no and no, not right now. Right. You know, um, you know, the way that I was raised, my family, we tried to help everybody. My mother was old Mother Hubbard. She wanted to feed everybody, bring everybody in. I had cousins live with me, family members live with me pretty much my whole adole- throughout my whole adolescence. And that's just the stock that I come from. But then I also have to realize, looking in on my mother, my mother was always tired. Um, she was exhausted. Um, she now cares for my cousin. Uh, for over 20 years, he's 45-ish, um, and she, she's been caring for him for over 20 years. He is blind, has cerebral palsy, uh, and so she's been a, a caretaker for over 20 years so after hard. working most of her life, and she's in her mid-70s. And I have the conversation, the fuss, fight, and argument with her. Mom, you have to take time for yourself. So she's still a work in progress. <laughs> It must be so frustrating for you, especially because everything you know about self-care and to see someone you love so much who's always put everybody else first. Well, you know what? I, I have a lot of attributes, same as my mother. I'm, I, I can get in that, so I get her to a certain extent. Sure. But I think life has helped me understand uh, if I keep going down that, that same trail, then I'm going to be burned out. And then I won't be able to help nearly as many people as I could had I took care of myself. 
I wouldn't be able to, as Sonny said, enjoy my authentic life if I'm so busy focusing on everyone else's life. And so the boundary that I have made for myself is I can share information. You know, I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to listen. But I can't make anybody do anything. That's true. That has to be on them. And so while I love my mother, um, that has to be a decision that she makes when she's ready. Hopefully sooner than later. Oh, of course. And you, you know, I'm thinking about that because my aunt was a caregiver for many. And just like you, we had cousins. We all grew up together in the same house and more like siblings. Right. Mm -hmm. And I recently lost one of my cousins. Um, and, and so that was really tough, right? But thinking about that, it was thinking about the time that our parents and elders came up in. That was part of, I think, their duty to make sure that family was together and I don't want to say accounted for, but it's like because they knew what they had seen and what they experienced, then they took on the responsibility of making sure that people were whole, if you will. And so I say people don't know what they don't know. See, they were in a different space, right, where they were like, no, we got to make this happen. And so it's because of them and their journey that we are now able to say and see Well, you know, no is a full sentence. And uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're going to have to figure this out on your own. Like we're not going to take on necessarily take on all that they did because we've seen the toll that it takes and how it wears you down. And we are in an environment or an era now where self-care is talked about and is so important. Back in the day, like nobody talked about self-care. It was work, 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 do, do, do. And nobody really cares how you feel mentally. You know, if you're if you're sick, okay, take an aspirin or some, you know, some concoction that people made up, but people weren't really focused on self-care and healing. And so we're here now. And I think part of that, again, I will attribute to our elders um, because again, we saw. And we see what they've been through that we're like, yeah, let me, let me change some things. Let me have balance. Let me focus on my self-care so that I'm not in a position like that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it really does. You know, one of the things too, that you talk about as well is uh, self-care myths. Myths. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us about some of those. (laughs) So, you know, we, a lot of people uh, that I come across, even when I was writing a book, you know, I was just randomly asked, you know, what is self-care to you? Um, just put it into words. And a lot of times people will say, oh, it's going to the spa. And let right. me be the first to tell you, I love the spa. I love <laughs> the spa. Uh, but it was the spa. I was getting my hair, my hair done, nails right. done. I don't have any hair. Uh, so that wasn't my, <laughs> uh, but it was all of these things that were maintenance. 
it wasn't necessarily self-care. Now, can it serve in some of those areas? Absolutely. Uh, going on vacation with their family. Well, that's not self-care. That's a family vacation. And so when you do when when you practice all these things that include a lot of other people, uh, then it's not really self care. <laughs> you right. know, you are uh, let's say you take a girl's trip. Then you have to deal with all of the different personalities of the girl group. What's going on? The different dynamics. Uh, you have to come to a consensus on what the group is going to do, not necessarily what you wanted to do. So you taking this, you know, five day long girl trip and you've got to do two or three things that you wanted to do. Not self-care. Right. <laughs> self so some of the myths are and then other things, you know, the story that we tell ourselves are so powerful. And so a lot of times uh, when I first start teaching uh, self-care classes, a lot of people say, well, I thought it was selfish, you know, to to take time for myself um, because there's other people that work just as hard as I do and they don't take time. So who am I to take time? Or if you're taking care of a loved one, how do I leave uh, my loved one to go care for myself? Because um, I have a responsibility, uh, again, to family, friends, uh, uh, spouses, you know, how can I go away to take care of me and leave my spouse back uh, to take care of everything? You know, so we get into the story that we tell ourselves and what we've seen other people do. And, you know, it becomes the myth. And you say, well, I don't need self-care. And it's not true. And so even when I define self-care, I say whatever you need in your most needful space to fill your cup which means it's going to change. It may change from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, situation uh, to situation. And so for me, where I'm finding, I love nature. Absolutely love nature. Um, you can sit me outside uh, with some beautiful trees overlooking a lake or some kind of water uh, camping. That is my spot. That's where I can just... You know, I've been camping by myself <laughs> uh, because I wanted to go. Now, let's flip the let's flip it around a little bit. You have personality types, introverts, extroverts. So for the extrovert, that person may need to get away from, you know, seclude themselves and have that one on one time. Here's the thing. Most people who are extroverts who who begin to practice self-care, it feels odd and it feels weird. I was one of those guys who said people that go to the show by themselves, that looks so lonely or dinner by themselves. Like who would want to do that until I started doing it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't have to consult with anybody about what movie we're going to watch. And I don't have anybody hands in my popcorn. I can get the treats that I want. Uh, I can laugh at the movie and not have to worry about somebody. Shh. Um, it was all of these things. A whole new world opened up. Now, to the introvert, they may need someone to help charge them and challenge them to be around different people that can help energize them. So depending on who you are and what you have going on, self-care is going to take on a different uh, a space. It's going to take over a different face and what it looks like for you and how meaningful it is. And yeah, I, before, oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead, hon. Oh. <laughs> Two things. Uh, sure. When you were talking about the girls' trip, 
I literally have a girl's trip coming up this weekend. And oh. so there will be seven of us. So oh, we wow. have, yes, we've already created the, the menu and what's going to happen on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Are we going to go to dinner? Are we going to listen? So we call it a retreat. It's our sister. It's our 10th year anniversary sister circle retreat. We call it a retreat. And it is in so many forms because we get to come together and commune with each other. But it's really not a (laughs) self-care environment, right? Um, So that's number one. That's why I was over here laughing because I was like, yeah, that's that's next weekend. (laughs) And then two, people think, and I think I used to to believe this, that self-care, like you said, is selfish. But what I think is it's self first. And there's nothing wrong with that because guess what? I can't pour from an empty cup. If my cup is empty, I would use this cup as an illustration, but it's coffee in it. But if my cup is (laughs) empty, right? I have nothing to give you. I have nothing left. I'm on films. And then that means you're not getting anything. I'm not, I'm not serving you in the best way possible. So I need to take time for myself to rejuvenate, to hit the refresh button, to be still, to sit with my thoughts, commune with my ancestors, whatever it is that I need to do for me to be a better person for the audience, our listeners, for for my co-host, Lisa, for our guests, such as Mm -hmm. yourself, my family, my friends. And so again, I don't think it's selfish. I think it's self first and there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, I used to love to go to New York, even if it was only twice a year, just for the last few years before COVID by myself. And I'm the biggest extrovert ever, but then I can eat where I want. I can go where I want. And I lo- I talk to strangers all the time. My family always gets embarrassed because I'm constantly <laughs> talking to strangers. And guess what? I can talk to strangers without somebody giving me a look or going, mom, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. best. Oh, I miss it terribly. I miss it terribly. I can't wait to go back and soon, then, I hope. I, I hope. I hope. Right. As well. So I, I have to tell you this funny thing. Um, I was I was on an interview with a, a with a rabbi, and he said that uh, we were talking about uh, lakes and things like that and self-care, and he was a very ener- energized spirit. Uh, he said, yeah, my wife and my family, we all went on this uh, on this uh boat ride on a lake and this and that and my wife fell asleep and then he said you know i was with the kids and we just bouncing around on the waves and she was asleep and he said well it didn't seem like you had fun she said i had everything i needed i went to sleep and so her thing was i work a lot i do a lot and the fact that i didn't have to really deal with the kids and I could do what she needed to fill her space was sleep. She needed some time where she can just be in an atmosphere and sleep. So the lake was her thing. She tuned the kids out, fell asleep. He had to take care of the kids. And so, you, you know, I, I tell people a lot of times people put self-care is all or nothing. And what do I mean by that? You may not be able to take the grandiose uh, trip, that you, you know, was scheduled and that you had planned. You can practice little self-care techniques and things throughout the day. 
you know, how do you use your lunch? You know, most people, including myself, I, I get so trapped into work and I forget to take a lunch or I'll have lunch at my desk while I'm working. And so I have to be mindful to, oh, you know what? For 30 minutes, 45 minutes, hour, whatever the lunch break is, I'm going to walk. I'm going to sit, you know, outside. Uh, uh, nip. We have a very rustic place with a lot of trees and picnic tables. Uh, I'm going to go outside, read a book. I'm going to go outside and listen to some music and just uh, just decompress for a while. So how do we use the spot, the pockets of time that we do have to practice self-care? Yeah, yeah. that's important. That is mm-hmm. that's hugely important. And if I, if I might add this one thing, I just got a the Apple Watch. I didn't even I don't think I realized that it had this feature. So I'm feverishly working one day and then my wrist is buzzing and I'm like, oh, I wasn't used to it yet. And so I, you know, touch the face and it's like there's a breathing app on it. Yeah. And I was so thankful that it was like this tap, like this whisper, like you really just need to take some breaths. And so it was set up for a minute and you can do like your deep breaths for a minute or you can do it longer. So I thought, wow, how helpful is that? I didn't even realize it, but you know, I, I believe the universe, you know, and the most high knows all. So my, my wrist is buzzing and I'm like, what is that? Well, it's time to breathe. Just step away. Right. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And it's true. Even if you just have little pockets of time, you know, I moved here from, California to the East Coast 21 years ago, never lived in cold weather, don't like humid weather, wasn't thrilled. And I have found that with the very long winters here in the Northeast, uh, I have to get out. I have to get out. So my husband's like, you have to learn how to dress. And I used to work like a more regular nine to five job and I couldn't do this as much, but I'm lucky now that I have a lot of flexibility so I can plan to have like an hour or, you know, hour and a half break between interviews and stuff. I'll go snowshoeing. It takes me two minute drive to get to a hundred acres of woods. Now I know I'm lucky, but I have friends that have lived there, lived here their whole lives. They do not go out in the winter. I'm like, how do you spend nine months in your house? Like get out, like just just do something. Oh, it's too cold. It's too this. No, just figure it out because you would be amazed at how refreshing it is to feel like you went somewhere far away right down your street. Now, again, not everyone has access to that, but if you have access to even a park nearby or somewhere that you can get away, even if it's cold, even if there's snow on the ground, just layer up and, and go outside. Cause that's, I, I, at least that's for me. I find that to be, that's my favorite form of self-care is nature as well. Well, I, I love what you said, Lisa, and I think, um, you know, brokering a deal, a lot of people say, well, how do I do this? And I have a busy life, busy family, busy this, busy that. Um, well, one, sometimes our inability to practice self-care is some of the things that we put on our plate to keep us from doing so. So I'll give you this really funny example. Uh, uh, when I was living in Las Vegas, uh, my wife and I said, we're going to put uh, the kids into some things uh, at the multi-generational center because we don't want them sitting at home. So we scheduled all of these wonderful things for the kids to do. And we didn't realize that Monday through Thursday, we were killing ourselves, getting home, getting the kids and getting them into all of these activities and sports and things like that. And, you know, we were telling ourselves we're good parents, but we were exhausted. And I remember one night I was just like, I can't do this again. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) something has to give like, they don't have to do four different things a week. Maybe they choose their top two and they do that. 
and then we'll circle on, and then those other two days, I'm not doing anything at all. <laughs> and so, again, sometimes we put a lot on our plates. And that's why I said uh, the the R, uh, second R, reflect. You have to reflect on your plan, what's going good and what's not, and begin to take some things off your plates and getting buy-in, you know, um, in 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 counseling couples and in, in families, I'm like, well, what are the kids doing? What are, what is everyone's roles and responsibilities? The mom, I do 90% of the stuff. Why? When you have 16, 17 year olds that can do 60% of the stuff that you do and they don't really need you to do it. But then the story that the mom was telling herself, in order for me to feel validated, I have to do these things. But then you are so exhausted. So you're having an argument with yourself. And so you have to begin to really you know, put in perspective, like, okay, I'm working at 90%. If the kids take 40 and I keep 50 and it's all delegated properly, um, we, we all win. And I think that's what we have to, uh, well, I don't think I know that's what we have to do in order to be able to create those times and those spaces for ourselves. We have to broker the deals. Um, for me, um, my day is Saturday. My wife, I love you, but no, Saturday is my day to use how I see fit with what I want to do. It may or may not include you. Her day is Friday. <laughs> if she choose to go have a date night with me, then okay, then that's what we do. But if you choose to go and have that movie and that dinner by yourself, <laughs> I'm okay with it. So you get two and days. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then I get the kids. Oh, right. <laughs> so I, I get the kids on, on, on Friday. But again, brokering that deal to where everyone wins. And so that's kind of what we do. Um, college football is on Saturday. Don't ask me to do anything on Saturday because the answer is going to be a resounding no, especially during college football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so once we're able to have the conversation with ourselves first and say, okay, I have to make some changes, then we can begin to devise a plan during that reflection stage. Then we figure out what what do I need to do in these extra hours or days or times that I have? What's going to fill my cup? And then the last R, which was that was replenished, then restored being the last R. Now I can move forward instead of operate at, at 90 percent. I can operate at 50 percent and give myself some. If that makes sense at all. Oh, definitely. No, it, does. it makes it makes a lot of sense. And I I would also as you were talking, I thought, well, with this self-care plan it's so important to have accountability because we can say oh i'm gonna do self-care whatever that looks like for you in that moment and then you may be distracted by something but if you have that accountability pillar or portion or segment in there then (laughs) listen it's self-care and already managed expectations as you do with your wife this, this is my day. This is my time. And so that's, that's what you should say. So in the book, uh, as you move towards the latter chapters, accountability, mentor, accountability partners and mentors are in the book. Yeah. And so I have several accountability partners who hold me to what I say I'm going to do. And some of them are not friends. All of them are someone who I've given uh, permission to check me and to check me. I mean, I could be stubborn. <laughs> so that's going no. to check. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but that's going to check me in, in such a way where 
I'm going to listen, I'm going to take heed, and then I'm going to take the advice. So um, I'm not the most patient person. Uh, so I have an accountability partner who works with me primarily on patience. And they challenge me and charge me. Now, they don't take the uh, place of a therapist or anything like that. But some things don't need a therapist. Some things you just need a person who is willing uh, to invest in you and say, hey, I want you to be the, a better you. And so I'm an accountability partner for a couple people. Uh, and I have people who are accountability partners and mentors to me. And I check in um, either on a weekly or a monthly basis with all of them. Oh, wow. uh, depending on whatever the situation is. Oh, that's great. You know, I wanted to say that there was a Berenstein Bears episode. <laughs> I used to love the Berenstein Bears. I used to watch with my daughter. That was exactly about that they were all too busy. You know, that mm -hmm. it was just like they had way too many activities. And instead of doing five or four, they had to pick two. And they had, I was like, you're talking. I was like, oh my gosh, it's just like that Berenstein Bears episode. <laughs> I still <laughs> like that show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so um, if I can offer anything uh, to your listeners, it's um, a couple things that I say, take the time to invest in you. Um, invest in you. And the time is indeed now. Stop kicking the can down the road, um, take the evaluation now. Start implementing uh, what you need to implement now. You may add two, three, four, five, even 10 years to your life by what you do now. Wow, that is huge. This has been so great. Sunny, was there anything else you wanted to add or before we wrap up? No, I. this has been an amazing discussion. Like I've really enjoyed it. it and it's given me more tools to think about, you know, how I move in my life and balance and self-care because I definitely believe in self-care. And as I said before, no is a full sentence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love saying the power <laughs> of no, <laughs> especially with, in some of the circles that I run. No, <laughs> but then also saying, you know, no, not right now, maybe at a later time. If that's applicable, like, if right. it's, yeah, if it's applicable. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. All right, Robert, tell us all the ways that our audience can find you and your fantastic book. Oh, absolutely. So they can go directly to the website, www.rwallenbooks.com. Uh, Allen is spelled A-L-L-E-N. There you will find... Uh, Self-Care, Let's Start the Conversation, the 12-week journal. And we have uh, shirts and cups and all different kind of things. Uh, I love the shirt. It says, do not disturb self-care mode. And then the button that switched to on. So, oh, love uh, that. So love if you that. The, yes, if you get the book, please get the shirt so people can say, oh, okay, do not disturb. You'd be like, yes, do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> so they can go there. Uh, also, if, if if people are digital readers, you can go straight to the website and then it'll forward you to where you can get the digital uh, 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 copy of it. It's also on Amazon. But I encourage people to go to the website so um, I can autograph your book as it goes out to you. So anybody who uh, uh, goes to the website and buys a book, um, I will personally autograph if you say so. And I will also send you some goodies in the mail as well. 
So, oh, nice. Okay. And, All right. And I will add that I did go to the website and I love the the little snippets that you have on uh, YouTube with like the kindness. I did listen to that one where you have, I think it's four different ones, just uh-huh. little snippets of like those moments to take and breathe and, you know, be kind. And what does that look like? So wanted to mention that as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You have been, both of you have been absolutely amazing. I am so thankful that you uh, allowed me to spend this time in this space with you. I'm really grateful. Oh, well, you're, you're just wonderful. We're definitely going to have you back. And if you want to find me, I'm not as active on social media as I have been. This might shock uh, Sunny. I haven't been on Clubhouse, I think, since May. I went to something twice with Dr. just for Dr. Camp because I love Dr. Camp. And definitely go to our site and check out the interviews with Dr. Camp. He's amazing. And all the other interviews. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I guess I'd say Instagram is the most right now. And you can just find me at Lisa Davis MPH. And Sunny? I am at It's Sunny Days on Instagram. And as I say every time, if you want to know about cooking and my poodles and yeah, and forgive me because somebody just had a moment back there. But if you want to know about <laughs> cooking and my poodles, follow me on Instagram. But if you want to know the juice about what's going on uh, on the social justice uh, platform, follow us at Active allyship.podcast on Instagram. And we do have a Facebook space, which is active allyship. It's more than a hashtag. We have not been as active, but I promise you, I promise that we will get back there. You know, when you said poodles, that's right when one of them shook, right? Right. Like, yeah. That was pretty cool. I didn't have to edit that. That was awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, you had me at cooking. Uh, I am a I am a cook. I love cooking. That's my oh, really? thing. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so if you follow me on Instagram, oh, I, I have some stuff up there. Oh, uh, do you? Okay. I, cooking I, I for self care. How about that? <laughs> and so, uh, Instagram wise, R W Allen Books, and so uh, Facebook as well, R W Allen Books. Uh, you can find me on both of those areas. But yes, I love cooking. So one day uh, I'll have to, we have to do some cooking thing. We can zoom or do whatever okay. and cook. Let's okay. cook a let's, let's cook a meal. I'll let you pick it. Right. Yeah. Now, see, I love to cook. Now, oops, oops. I didn't mean that. I put my phone down. I didn't mean to make that noise. So yeah, let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. Be sure also to rate, review, subscribe. Never miss an episode of Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. Thank you so much for listening to Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tell your friends and family. This is really important and we want to get the word out. So glad that you're listening. Please keep coming back. Also, follow us on Instagram at activeallyship.podcast. Thank you so much.